0: tuned in to the All In IT Radio, where Kenneth and his co-hosts broadcast from their travels around the universe. Listen to them discuss anything and everything related to information technology. We are Swedes, and we talk tech. You tuned in to the All in IT radio. We are here to talk about, well, anything related to information technology and we usually do it from wherever we happen to find ourselves in the universe. We were a couple of episodes ago on our very nice and uh, large space station orbiting the Earth and then last episode we entered our space shuttle and we were going for the moon. We didn't get because there. you see we have a moon base there didn't quite work out actually so me and the guys we are not quite on the moon Robin where are we I don't know
1: I th- it's it's very orange I
0: think very Yeah, uh, uh,
1: looks like a planet actually
0: all right orange I would guess the Sun but the Good thing we're not there. Henrik, do you <laughs> know where we
2: are? Uh, not sure, but perhaps we could ask that fellow over there. <laughs> it's a little robot on six wheels driving <laughs> towards us. Oh, it's the.
0: Um... It's Wally. Wally? No. No. Wally! Space! <laughs> Have we actually gone to the planet of the robots? Dawn of the planets of the robots? There are actually, as of now, only one planet in the solar system that are solely inhabited by robots. Wow. And I guess that's where we are. Oh, yeah. So, alright, say hi to Mars, everyone. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And that is the last time ever that I'll let Robin drive a space shuttle.
1: Don't blame me, blame your shuttle. you bought an entertainment and navigation system for a bargain so you know you you get what you pay for and you mean there are better systems out there but didn't you buy it for
2: like 10 quids on (laughs) (laughs) alibaba.com
0: hey don't mess with the Chinese man they're gonna rule the world soon (laughs) well yeah maybe it's partially my fault but not completely You can never trust technology, Robin. (laughs) Okay. I'll try to make it better next time. (laughs) Good. And that sounds like a quite interesting topic. If we take the wheels from the robot and associate that with in-vehicle infotainment systems that doesn't work, we arrive at... Our main topic today. Which is... Space tanks! (laughs) No, that's next episode. as strong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for playing. <laughs> Let's talk about cars, guys. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Car UI. It's time for an update about the information technology we find in our vehicles. <laughs> A lot of things has
1: happened uh, in three years, so... Absolutely. Sounds like an interesting discussion.
0: But first, we start off with another segment, which is... One cool thing. <laughs> So let's kick this off with one cool thing. My cool thing for this episode is a stream from a video camera mounted on the International Space Station. So it's a live feed on the internet on the ustream.tv service, where you can, in HD quality, have a look at what the astronauts on the International Space Station can see when they look down on Earth. It's quite fantastic actually. It's very soothing to see the Earth roll under you. You can see the clouds formations and you can see storms sometimes. If you're lucky it's a clear day and you can make out the continents. And I've never actually really realized how close to Earth the space station actually is. You don't have to Come that far from Earth mm-hmm. to be able to circumvent it. I, I didn't know that.
1: It's but not really out in space, right? Space! So, well, it is space! But yeah, but. Yeah. I mean,
3: mm-hmm.
0: what I'm really surprised about is actually how, how thin a layer our atmosphere is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. Absolutely. Have you seen it? Any one of you? Nope. No, actually not.
1: Mm-hmm. I can recommend it. It could be interesting for a minute or two, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Then I think I'll I'll be bored or something.
0: Yeah, it'd be more of a a screensaver feature or something. But But who knows?
1: You know um, that Norwegians, they watched uh, a train program just following a train uh, over their mountains for uh, two days or something like that. And it was a huge thing. So who knows?
3: Yeah,
0: all right. (laughs) (coughs) Fair enough. And since you're already talking, Robin, why don't you take over? Oh, okay. What's
1: your cool thing? Uh, My cool thing, it's uh, the Tesla car or the brand Tesla. Uh, And uh, it's because of the subject today we're talking about cars and uh, also because it's the new thing. With with the electric cars, and they have managed like one of the first manufacturers ever to make a electronic car that doesn't look horrendous in the same way. It works uh, quite decent in comparison to other countries and manufacturers who make cars that looks like a box or something.
0: But but why would the car automatically look ugly? just because it it runs on electricity I, I don't get that
1: i don't get that either it must be i am i suppose they want to make it as as light and small as possible and then it looks like a box because it should be as wide as it is long probably i have no idea well one thing is i can
2: imagine that it's harder to you, you have all the batteries that you have to take into account where you place them mm-hmm. it has to be in a secure spot and they take a lot of space Mm-hmm. But Craps, not sure
0: but isn't it a good thing if you can lower the air resistance and such you, you want it to look sleek and, and good yeah
2: yeah but actually most cars
1: that are very aerodynamic look like crap yeah exactly oh ah. <laughs> so
0: oh all right i didn't know that <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then they have the price of course uh, it's i think it starts of six hundred and fifty thousand or something like that so it's quite expensive kronor yeah wow but then you have Norway, for example. They have the same price, but they have it subsidized because the government want them to drive it. And uh, it was the biggest selling car last year in Norway. So they made it. Good old Norway. <laughs> we can always yeah. count on them and their oil.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: What about you then, Henrik? What's your cool thing? My cool thing this time is the Rolls-Royce ox
2: It's a concept for bridge control on tugboats. Basically, what it is, is they try to make use of augmented reality to enhance the the, the
1: people driving the tugboat, captains and sailors and such. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know much about tugboats. I don't know if I have any questions, really. (laughs) I still don't understand what it is. See the YouTube video
2: and you will understand. Send him a link or something.
0: But, I mean, so... I- instead of standing on the bridge looking out o- over the water y- you wear a-, a virtual reality helmet uh, and you- then you can sit in your bunk and steer the ship w- or what is it well what's the no uh, if i understand this correctly
2: they make use of what is it called heads up display yeah a hud yeah uh, something like that technology to display this augmented reality info on the windows on the bridge of the tugboat
3: mhm
0: Okay,
2: and with sensors and cameras and stuff, uh, that those pieces of augmented reality will be displayed, like if you were a virtual reality headset or something like that. So, if the tugboat is following a big tanker, some information spots may be placed directly on the tanker in their vision, but on uh, displayed via
0: this head sub display.
1: Okay,
2: something like that. It's
0: it's cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. It's a wonderful idea, and that's something we want to see in a lot of aspects of uh, common life. But why a tugboat? They don't want to get wet, that's why. (laughs) I mean, do they have especially a lot of problems with a lot of dials to read?
1: uh, Yeah,
2: I I, I guess that's it. Uh, I guess when uh, escorting a big tanker or several tankers in and out of ports and overseas, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of information to...
0: Over the hills and far yeah. away. <laughs> it's crucial that
1: everything works. It's more advanced than we think, actually.
0: Oh. Yeah, I
2: I, I can imagine something like flight control on an airport or something like that.
0: Alright, then I, I have just one more question. Are there any tugboat sims on Steam?
1: Must be. You know this company German company who makes all the simulator yeah. games? Yeah. They have made right. an, yeah, everything. Yeah, it must exist. Let me Google that for you. Tugboat <laughs> Simulator.
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Maybe not. No, it doesn't. here 2 Tugboat in Ship Simulator
1: 2008 game. No. I know what you should do. You should send this in as a suggestion because I think they have, <laughs> yeah, they have so many different ones, so one more wouldn't matter much.
0: (laughs) And they are all really bad.
1: Yeah, and they use the same engine of everything so every kind, it looks the same so it's just, they have to draw another boat.
0: That's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) Great suggestion. Alright, let's get on to the main topic. Roughly three years ago, we released episode 0007. We had Johan Sjöberg as a guest and it was titled, Should Cars Get Smarter? We talked a lot about in-vehicle infotainment systems, that is, the operating systems that run in your car, and uh, other related topics regarding intelligent or uh, information technology enriched cars. But, I mean, three years, quite a lot of time in this area. So we thought we should revisit this and talk a bit about what we can see in this space. Henrik, have you spotted anything of interest?
2: Yeah, I can begin with two examples that are out in stores right now, which I see at work. Volvo and Renault cars. Volvo use uh, a thing they call Sensus Connect, uh, an infotainment system. Not sure what it's based on, if it's Android or something other, but... Yeah, whatever. What was it called? Sensus Connect. S-E-N-S-U-S.
0: Okay. All right.
2: And it's your basic stuff that you would expect. It's navigation, it's radio, it's media, Bluetooth functionality. Control of hard points of the car, like if it should fold the rear view mirrors and stuff like that when you lock the car. In. The basic stuff uh, in an infotainment system—it's it's decent, it's okay. Yeah, I got used to it after well using it for a day or two, uh, and it mm. does what it should do.
1: But this is a couple of years old, right? This system.
2: Yeah, they've used sensors for four
1: years, four or five years, something like that. Yeah. Because it's a different system in the new XC90, I think, right?
2: Yeah, the new yeah. Uh, the new system mm. they are built uh, or have built for the uh, XC90 and. I guess uh, all other models mm-hmm. that will come uh, is based on Android Auto. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how different it will behave from Census, but uh, one could guess they will brand it in some Volvoish way at least. Mm-hmm. It, it will not be pure Android, I think.
1: It's like Android phones, then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I guess branding is more important in, in the car area than on phones, mm-hmm. even so.
0: Mm-hmm. But but do we you mean we have to watch this scenario play out once more. I mean, from the start, Android wasn't that polished, so the phone manufacturers took it and added a polished um, exterior to it, their own theming and branding. But most of them have realized that stock Android today is better than their alternative, so many are turning to stock Android, Mm. or at least making it an option. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And Android... Auto should be quite polished from the start, right? Because, I mean, they've had a lot of experience with Android. Why is it more important in a car to brand the interface? Why can't it be just stock Android?
2: Firstly, a car is a lot more expensive than a a phone or or a computer. If you buy a a car for, let's say, well, a new Volvo for $50,000, $60,000 or perhaps 300000 Swedish crowns, at least a Volvo is in a higher level of premium, they have moved into the premium segment. So the overall experience of the car, be it the infotainment system or the how it behaves on the road or how the material of the seat feels against your body, I mean, all of these things matter. So, so branding in the infotainment system is definitely something that matters.
1: I suppose it, the the more premium the brand is, the more they want to um, mm. to make it their own because yep. the customers expect them to have something of their own and maybe fool them somehow a little bit or polish in their own way. Yeah, I suppose.
0: I might be lacking in experience here, but of all the in vehicle infotainment systems systems that I've tried, they all suck. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've driven a lot of Toyotas, and that interface is, I don't know what it's based on, I don't know the name of it, and I don't care to know either, because it's really bad. Okay. It works, it does what it should, but from a usability standpoint, it's really bad. So, if they don't care enough about these systems to make them usable, why would they care enough about them to brand them, when, if they have a, a stock solution that works?
2: Well, in the end, I think branding ma- almost matter more than usability.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it can that's, be true. That's mm-hmm. sad, but I think Wonderful. that's
2: the truth. The, yeah. the other example I have from, from work uh, experience is uh, Renault's interface. They have two, I think, but I have the only one I've used much is the more expensive alternative, which is called R-Link. I think the the, ma- the problem I'm having with R-Link is basically what I ha- the basic problem I have with all car interfaces, as you say. They are more or less the, the interface you have on a touchscreen device, a, a tablet or a phone, but slapped into the car display. So the big issue I have with R-Link is that it behaves exactly like a touch interface. Small buttons everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and you have to actually press a bit hard on, on their displays in the Renault to, to make it understand that you pressed. It's impossible when, at the same time, you're driving to navigate the touchscreen. Most of the car manufacturers also have uh, nowadays, um, yeah, wheels and buttons on, on the uh, on the steering wheel to control the the interface. But in most of my experiences, that is a lot more clunky than actually pressing with uh, directly on the touchscreen display.
1: But what they have done, it's more like it's they have moved the buttons up to a touch screen. It's still the same thing more or less, it's just a touch screen and that mm. makes it harder even to to it's sure it's more flashy, I suppose. But it must be harder to to work with. Yeah. Because, it, sure, maybe you switch a page or something and then you don't know where the positions are either. I, I'm yeah, not sure. But yeah, exactly. So, so you, need to look, you, you need to look for it. Mm. And then you, don't, you, you can't do that while you're driving safely. No.
2: Mm. And, and that was a big issue with the, with the R-Link in my experience. I found myself in and a lot of times to have gone really deep into a, a selection or a menu and got lost in it. I I wasn't sure how many levels deep am I from the main menus and a, a, no search function available. <laughs> so so I couldn't just search for the, the 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 um the controls that I wanted to access. Uh, and a lot of unnecessary in my opinion unnecessary steps that I have to actually press with my finger to get into the next layer of the menus. And each of these presses while driving is of course dangerous. Mhm. Uh, so so that was the big issue it's it it works brilliant when i'm parked when i'm standing still it's is a decent uh, touch user interface but not so good at while driving
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, an alternative that, that most car manufacturers also include is the voice control uh, and on both the volvo and the renault they are decent they they work they are not brilliant uh, the the voice uh, uh, the speech-synthesized voice doesn't sound that human-like and it doesn't behave that well. But it understands you, in, uh, at least me, in most of the cases. But, but it's uh, it's not easy or a, or a bliss to use. It still feels very clunky and unpolished.
0: Mm-hmm. I noticed that Toyota seems to go for the Tizen IVI in their Lexus cars. Mm-hmm. And that is their more expensive
1: brand, isn't it? Yeah, premium brand, yeah. hmm
0: yeah, so they are obviously switching to a Linux-based system. If you remember in the last episode, uh, 0007, where we talked about cars, we mentioned Tizen quite a bit. And uh, if you have a look at the market, they haven't really taken over. <laughs> but they are making a steady headway. We mentioned the Genevieve Alliance back then, and the Genevieve Alliance have gathered more large companies than they had back then. So a lot of car companies are aboard with the Genevieve Alliance ideas and their the goal is to create a standard for IVI systems. They have a few systems that actually follow their guidelines for how these systems should work. Namely Tyson, Mentor Graphics IVI, Monta Vista IVI. Ubuntu Remix IVI and Wind River IVI. These are the five distributions that are registered and certified as Genevieve compliant as of today. And uh, I'm a bit surprised to see Ubuntu in there because I haven't heard of anyone using Ubuntu in a car. Have you? No. No? No? I've heard of some company who used uh, some form of Debian install and I've heard of Tyson, of course in and it's not only Toyota in their Lexus series, but some other manufacturer as well who uses uh, the Tyson. But then again, Android Auto hasn't been on the market that long. It's quite quite new. so and when I mean in the, in the car space, which we also mentioned in the latest episode where we talked about cars, it moves a bit slower since you generally keep your car longer than you mm. keep a phone mm-hmm. but it's horrible that they can't really get the interface except for you then, it? me? yeah I keep my phone longer than I <laughs> yeah. kept keep my cars yeah you're right mm. actually you're one of the few I think <laughs> when, you, when you mention it <laughs> yeah well you can't beat an old Nokia um. <clears throat>
2: Yeah uh, that's part of the problem as well. Uh, you keep a car uh, a lot longer than you keep your phone, if you're not named Kenneth, and w- it's, you expect it to have some sort of resale value. You, n- n- of course you can resell your, your phone with, when you grow tired of it as well, but it's more you, often the case with the car. And the, if you have a car with an infotainment system you expect it to well uh, last at least as long as the car does. And part of the problem is also security based. It has, mm-hmm. um, in 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 the case of a car, it's a moving device. It weighs several hundred pounds, and often uh, but, the infotainment system is in control of at least some <laughs> of these functions.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned before, Henrik, if you, I mean, the laws change not quickly, but they do. And we have gotten laws about phone use behind the wheels. If you... And there are different laws around the world that you have to use a Bluetooth headset if you're going to use the phone or or such. But I haven't heard any laws about using your infotainment system. There are always laws that says you have to drive carefully and, and sensibly, of course. But if they create systems that aren't intuitive and as you said where you get lost halfway through then they're actually creating a hazard for yeah well, mm. everyone who, who drives mm-hmm. that car
1: but the the loss is always a little bit after the technology just yeah. looking mm. you just look for the at the, at the phones how, how long after the phone came to normal people did it take for them to to, to ban phone usage in cars it Took a long time, so I suppose it will take a long time with this as well. That's an interesting
2: case of definitions as well. What counts as using your phone while driving? If you use a tablet while driving, well, of course it still counts as um, some sort of mobile device. If you slap your tablet to the um, the uh, the dashboard dashboard (laughs) of the car, does it count as a part of the of the car? A a GPS unit like a Garmin or a TomTom or the infotainment system, as you said.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: murky waters
2: in the end I think the, the underlying thought of these laws are that if you crash into somebody else and you were distracted by and you were distracted, it's your fault
3: mm-hmm.
2: be it that you use your phone or your infotainment system or you were trying to grab that kind of coke that slipped under your seat
0: mm-hmm. mm. if only all lawyers and judges were as eloquent as me wise as you, Henrik. Yeah. (coughs) Objection! (laughs) Objection, your (laughs) honor. Yeah, you'd make a good uh, defense lawyer. I wouldn't use you. (laughs) (laughs) We also have another system, by the way, as long as we're talking about operating systems, pushed by the Linux Foundation, actually. It's called Linux... Foundation, automotive-grade Linux. So it's an open-source stack for in-vehicle infotainment systems, and it's based on Tyson. Mm -hmm. So it adds a stylish user interface and various applications written in HTML5 and JavaScript, apparently, according to this article that I'm reading right now. (laughs) And if I quote from the article, it says that the the AGL stack, which is partially compatible with a somewhat similar open-source Linux GenoVe Foundation spec, It supports multiple hardware architectures. Yeah, all right. So that's it. And I see some screenshots of it. It looks great.
1: What's the difference between that and the other kinds of
0: Linux systems we have talked about? The difference seems to be that... Well, just like the Genevieve Foundation, the Linux Foundation's work is mainly... To create a standard for these kinds of systems. The difference here is that they also define a user interface standard, which I don't believe the Genevieve Alliance, oh, don't quote me on that, but they define and design their user interface with uh, HTML and uh, JavaScript for it to be simple to update.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean if you have a system which have an interface in html it's not hard to upgrade that as changes come along or for different manufacturers no. to m- make it work with different cars and models and such
3: yeah
1: mhm uh J. Hendrik, you had a um, you sent a link to us before the show uh a, it was a prototype right uh, that you can click whenever wherever you want on the screen and uh, and uh, it will respond in different ways depending on what you want to do. If you yes. use one, uh, yeah. Uh, you know more about that than, than me, so. Uh, yeah. Can you say uh, something
2: uh, about it? it? As you said, it's a concept by, I guess, a UR, UI designer called Matthäus Krenn. I guess he's from Switzerland or Denmark or something. Uh, and his concept of, of a better car UI is, well, he, he, uh, he sees the problem with transferring a, a, a touch user interface to a car where it's based on visual input, where, where you have to look at the device to actually base your decisions. In a, in a traditional dashboard, you have a lot of buttons and uh, sliders, perhaps for the AC and, and stuff like that. So you have tactile input you feel where you are on the dashboard so you can take your decision based on that but on a touchscreen device you have to actually look and uh, and that's the dangerous part of it so his concept is still touch but not based on visual where uh, that you have to look at the display or uh, it's more of how many fingers you're you you're using and how far apart your fingers are when using it mm-hmm. so it takes example where you have use perhaps two fingers to to adjust the um, the temperature in the car of the AC, and if you use two fingers and press on the on the touchscreen device and move your fingers apart from each other, you perhaps raise the the uh, temperature, or if you pinch together with the fingers, you decrease the temperature. The temperature. If you use three fingers, perhaps you, you are controlling the frequency of the radio, mm-hmm. and four fingers some some, some other function.
1: Mm-hmm. Radio, music, or something maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an inter- interesting concept. It's an interesting,
0: interesting concept. Yes, and I would love to see a three-year-old in the front seat with that kind of system.
1: <laughs> I would actually see him. Would would like to see my grandfather try this system?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got a point. There. Uh, yeah,
1: this is my big uh, thing about this. That it, it, it's not really a big market for people over 50 45 day maybe even no
2: well i guess that's the problem it's it's not intuitive you it's hard (laughs) to learn based on not knowing how it works yeah Mm. in a traditional car or a traditional in this case ui on a a touch interface you have buttons buttons are easy to understand they have a pictogram and you press on it and you understand how it works but 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 in this in this case it's uh, a different matter and you have to actually build the ui so that it explains how you have to work with it
0: you have to have clear visual cues to explain what the system expects from you yeah mm-hmm. you have to teach the user but but it's still a really hard concept to grasp for well some of the elderly and
1: well a- anyone that who hasn't grown up with uh, or have an interest in technology i would say right
0: anyone but us perhaps
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's cool for me i would i would appreciate it i think if i could understand it um, no
0: same here mm. I, I would actually prefer some this system mm-hmm. instead of some of the others i've seen
1: but i still think if you get the uh, uh, the vocal kind of system to work that must be the the best for anyone
0: an audio interface is better. yeah the audio must be yeah, if,
1: exactly If they can make it work,
0: yeah, flawless. I mean, think about it. If you have to get visual cues Mm -hmm. to learn how to control the sound of the radio or the frequency or the air conditioning, whatever, you are a a safety hazard in traffic. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and even voice isn't perfect. I mean, you get distracted. Yeah, but it's better, I guess. Yeah,
1: you have your eyes on the road anyway.
2: Yeah. A different mix of solutions that I've also seen is what BMW uh, is doing.
3: All right. Mm-hmm.
2: It's basically the same that everyone else has been doing for the last 10 or 20 years with buttons on the on the steering wheel. But in this case, they place the control unit, a physical control unit, a kind of wheel that you can push up and down and left and right, and you can spin it and press press buttons uh, next to it with for OK and back. End.
0: It's a small joystick. Yeah, a small
2: joystick placed next to the gearbox so they have this huge middle console uh, where you rest your arm while driving so uh, let's say you have your left hand on the steering wheel and you have a right hand placed on on the gear shifter and next to the gear shifter you have this little joystick to navigate the 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 touchscreen
1: it's like a scrolling device right exactly Hmm. is it a
2: touchscreen Uh, i think that it is at least in why would you need
0: a, a joystick to control a touchscreen? Well, in, at develop. least in
2: this Beam W that I tried it out on, the, the screen was touch responded touch as, as, well. as well. Okay, but mainly they are focusing on this joystick device, and it worked really well like, because it's intuitive. You feel it uh, in your hand, yeah. and you you know how it works basically from, from scratch.
0: I can imagine. It sounds like a really good idea, actually.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd rather see another input device based on a a tactile interface than uh, a touch screen where you have to use your eyes. I mean, for this joystick, you don't have to look at that. No. Mm. You know if you scroll right and left. All right, you might have to cast a glance at the screen to see what you're choosing Mm -hmm. if if you're in the menus, but you don't also have to look on your fingers. So I, I like the sound of that. And I suppose you learn quite fast
1: if it's the first, second, or third alternative. Yeah. Um, mm. Also, so in, in some, some small amount of time, you don't have to look at it, really. Uh, the, another
2: positive side effect of this is that you, you get muscle memory, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, functions that you, you use often in an infotainment system or the operating system, uh, you get the muscle memory how to navigate to that particular kind of function. Whereas in uh, on a touchscreen device you don't get that mm-hmm. same kind of muscle memory as easily. Mm-hmm. Or at all.
1: Yeah. You get it on your phone after some time but that is because you use it 24 hours a day. Exactly. So, mm.
0: Excellent point. Alright, that's BMW. What other car manufacturers do we know of that do interesting stuff? Well, let's go for Saab. Yay! Oh, Saab! You mean the company that has totally failed in every aspect and can't ever produce a car again with any hope of uh, gaining a profit, uh, which has been yeah, that company, which should be, I mean, shot through the head and put down as a sick cow. <laughs> that's all. <laughs>
1: uh, but they do.
2: I, I would say. I would say this problem with Saab in. Very basic layman terms is basically the problem you are having, Kenneth. (laughs) They have good ideas, but bad finances.
3: Ah. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah,
0: Fair enough. (laughs) What have Saab done ever (laughs) worth talking about? I don't
2: like that condescending
0: tone of yours. All right, sorry. Tell us about their ingenious ideas. A
2: few years back, I'm not sure if they actually implemented this system in a car that's been built and is out on the roads.
0: It's easier to implement stuff in cars if you actually are allowed to manufacture cars. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Probably not.
1: Yeah. I suppose not.
2: Anyway, they built a infotainment system or were building an infotainment system called Saab Icon. That's I-Q-O-N, Icon. And... Uh, the what I know of it is that it was based on Android. I don't think that Android Auto existed back then. The mm. the Android, well, I guess it's not a spin off, but the Android niche to auto manufacturers. Uh, but and it's based on Android, and well, it it looks like uh, your standard infotainment system branded uh, in Saab's design language. Then um, Icon w- weren't developed that far. Um, as far as I remember, uh, until the bankruptcy in 2011. Mm-hmm. And the people uh, you, that were developing Icon at Saab, uh, well, they, they quit or got fired and started their own company called Swedespot. Uh, And under the name Swedespot, they continued to develop Icon uh, and still are doing right now, I think. Swedespot.com uh, is uh, something. And as far as What's unique about Icon or sweet spot? Uh, I'm not really sure. I've tried to read up on their, on their website, but to me, it looks like your ordinary infotainment system.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't see any unique sell points of it. It's based on Android and, uh, and it's implementing cars.
1: Hmm. They let you choose different kinds of Linux, it looks like. That's one of the selling points, I suppose. Uh, what did you say? They they no. It says uh, um, running a Linux distrib- distribution of choice, standard Linux or uh, Genivi compliant.
0: Ah, okay. And that's one of the differences. I, I mean, a lot of differences between these different systems are the user interface. But most of them use Linux as a base. Mm. Then you have the differences like between the Alliance and the Linux Foundation, which is more of an ethical or perhaps ideological difference Mm -hmm. that the Linux Foundation, they want a completely free and open source solution and the Genevieve Alliance, they don't really care. It's all right if there's proprietary software in there as well in their uh, definition of how it should work. So it's a bit ideological. It's a bit about a UI and it's a bit about everyone wants to do their own thing Mm. and hit it big, I guess.
2: I found an amusing article uh, when you were talking about uh, Ubuntu in uh, infotainment systems. Mm -hmm. The headline is, Tesla Model S owners hack their cars, find Ubuntu. Tesla not
1: amused.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I am. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they they want to make changes themselves, I suppose.
2: Yeah, uh, people were were able to... um, use or i guess abuse the uh, ethernet <laughs> port on their on their model s cars At some way they uh, what does it say after wiring into the car's communication system forum user nlc was able to find a number of ports and tap into the data flowing to the center console and navigation screens others soon joined the fun and among the slightly ex esoteric bits of information the hackers eventually discovered what's what was the subsystem runs on a version of Ubuntu operating system. All
0: right, interesting. Yeah.
2: Link in the show notes if you want to read.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting, absolutely. All right, what else can we find on our roads in the near future? Or perhaps already?
1: In our city, where at least two of us lives, uh, Volvo have their first uh, self-driving cars. We've in, uh, they are being driven here now. A hundred of them, I think it says. And uh, quite inter- interesting, actually. I, I listened to a uh, podcast about it as well. A little bit when the Swedish uh, the Swedish radio interviewed a person in the team, and um, they are able to uh, handle lane uh, following. They they can follow the lane if the road are t- turning, for example, or uh, keep the speed. Uh, uh, the speed you want or the speed to the the car in front of you so it doesn't run into it for example yeah. and uh, yeah fixed to, to blend in in the in, in the in the traffic you could say mm. uh, with not that expensive technology if i understood correctly when i heard this program because they also interviewed a german uh, a person from germany they drove down there somewhere in some city and it was one of the german car companies and they had a even better system uh, it could even it could do anything in in the city in the core city or in the main center uh, they could watch for pedestrians even and bikes and stuff like that uh, but those that technology it was so expensive so they said if if um, if they would sell a car with that it would cost maybe 6 700,000 extra per car just for the that kind of technology so that won't mm. really be uh, th- that's not really uh, realistic right now so i suppose volvo would try something that is more realistic right now mm.
2: Uh, right now they have a car that's out for sale, or, or um, that's being built. I tried it during the summer for one week when I worked uh, at an auto reseller. Uh, I tried the Volvo V60 with the City Safety package, mm-hmm. um, and they has and what it has is stuff like blind spot information system. It's uh, it's a little uh, LED, a led a led light a small led light in each of the a beams where where we have the rear view mirrors. That light up, lights up if something is in your blind spot, and it has an adaptive, an adaptive speed control. So let's say you set it to one hundred ten kilometers per hour when you're on the highway, and you you yeah yeah you catch up to a car driving a lot slower, let's say hundred. Uh, the adaptive uh, speed control automatically lowers your speed and keeps the distance to the to mm-hmm. the car in front of you and then also accelerates also automatically if you uh, when the car is not uh, in front of you anymore and all these systems working together made me really lazy as a driver.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The only thing I had to do was actually to turn the wheel. The 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 gearbox was automatic as well. So I, I basically had to do nothing except actually using the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. and that's practical and and perfect but for me i i I noticed that i became a bit you didn't concentrate that much on the traffic Uh, no exactly i so so the 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 next thing that that actually is
1: missing is
2: that the cars actually takes over the driving
1: as well Mm -hmm. yeah they also talked about this uh about what will happen in the future with the with the law and the uh, the system of things when it comes to who is responsible for what because if, for example, the system breaks down and you're sitting there and reading a book or something and something happens, who is re- yeah. who is going to be put in jail or something? Uh, and um, mm. I suppose it's a little bit of, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure we will be able to read a book or do something like that or sleep in while driving in the near future. Because as the law looks, they said that it will probably be you who are reliable anyway.
3: Mm.
2: but uh, i heard an interview on this topic with some people from volvo and uh, of course they can't say anything right now because the the, the discussions of the legality is ongoing Mm -hmm. but as far as they were concerned or or their thoughts on the matter were that well if you're using the product as intended if it is a self-driving car and something happens then basically it's not your fault you're using the product as it were manufactured
3: Mhm.
0: And these cars are safer than we are. Yeah. Yeah. They react faster. I mean, mm-hmm. these systems are better than a human.
2: I'm not sure how they are building the systems right now, but f- what I gathered from it is that they will have double systems for each function. So that if one system fails, another one will
3: mm-hmm.
2: take over. But some other aspects that are very interesting to to see how they will solve is uh, the the prototype they are testing right now, Volvo in Gothenburg, I think is based on visual response. They have some sort of cameras that mm-hmm. follow the lanes, uh, the the, um, the road lines. And in collaboration with this system, if visual is not working, let's say it's foggy or it's you get mud over these cameras or it's rainy or something like that. I, I don't know how that works, but they have, I guess, GPS, GPS systems also for the overall take you from point a to point b but what happens if you're in a tunnel or uh, driving a, in a tunnel under a river mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your gps reception is zero mm-hmm. how do these systems work in those cases and how do they these systems works in cases where you're on um an off-road uh, part or something like that they should be able to wake you up or something
0: probably still better and safer than a human yeah. would.
1: Yeah, <laughs> in, in 90% of the cases I guess they are. <laughs>
0: or at least tell you that
1: you need to do something now because it doesn't work. Mm.
0: Yeah, mm. It can always alert a driver, mm. yeah exactly.
2: Yeah. And I guess the big part they want to uh, address with self-driving cars is daily commute. Mm-hmm. That's the big issue, that's where most of the accidents happen.
0: Yeah and generally what we are discussing isn't... Well, well it's not really self-driving cars it's cars with autopilot. And there is a nuanced difference there. A self-driving car, I at least would expect, takes you from point A to point B without you doing anything. It's like in the the science fiction movies. You get into a car and you step step out of it on at, at the right place. But in these cases, you're not really supposed to let the car do all the driving.
1: Well, they do actually in this project, but only on the main roads. They don't go into to the main, main center like uh, Linnegatan, Nordstan, something like that, because it's uh, it's too much traffic, I suppose, and too much things will happen with all the pedestrians and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you go on a normal road with only cars, then uh, it, sh- it will work already, I think. So, they maybe need to tweak it a little, a little bit. Or...
2: It's an ambitious project. I think the, the timeline they're having is 2017
3: mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. self driving, okay. oh. some
2: sort of self driving functionality. And they also have this mm. I'm not, not sure what the project is called, but in 2020, the vision is that no one will be killed or seriously injured in a Volvo. Uh, and a lot of these safety func- features are available right now. Uh, panic stop uh, when it detects uh, a pedestrian or a bicyclist yeah
0: s- mm-hmm. like yeah you're right yeah
1: unfortunately to 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 uh, let this dream come true the extra features when it comes to safety can't cost as much as they do now because people won't buy it i think
2: yeah and and the uh, the pitch volvo are trying to make is i guess uh, make these systems as well not cheap but um, They try to include as many of uh, the safety features as standard in their cars. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that's also good branding and good advertising. Even Mm -hmm. if you buy the most basic car from Volvo without any of the other fancy stuff, you will get most of the the safety features included.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And Volvo's uh, brand is a lot about safety, so it's right up their alley. Yeah, And Google is good at making things cheap. Yeah, And they are heavily invested in this. Yes, And they are driving the roads in California Mm. and Nevada or wherever Mm -hmm. in the United States. So together, I mean, it must be similar technologies. They might actually create a market for it so that the equipment doesn't have to cost as much. Yeah. At least in like 10 years time or, or, well, uh, down the road, so to speak. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else on the horizon that you look forward to or, well... Would you like it? Would you buy one of these?
2: My prediction is that when Google will launch their own self-driving car, it will be free to get, but you will pay through advertising. <coughs> so on your heads-up display, on your windscreen, you will get annotations and ads and banners. and And somehow they will make all this safe... For driving because the cars are self-driving so while you're waiting for the car to arrive to your location you can watch these ads so keep
0: an eye out for <laughs> ad block for cars <laughs> <laughs> <Hey, laughs> would probably be a big hit yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe you
1: should fix that yourself kind you can make some money <laughs> you heard it here first all right so we're done no
2: yeah You didn't tell us your predictions. Yeah. Or verdicts or something. Nah. (laughs) nah.
1: I would like to have one. It's cool. Even though I think I would be... um, I suppose I I trust technology more than most people. Uh, But still, there is a nagging feeling. Even though I know that it's safer.
0: But that's how it is. And it's a good thing for you as well. uh, Because you have this compulsion to upload every piece of data set about yourself to Google, that now you can also upload how you like to sit, your body temperature, exactly when you get in and out of your car, and all that stuff to Google. So you can live even more in their friendly Yeah,
1: It's it's not there yet. I need to fill that out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Robin the Google lover.
2: (laughs) I think you should have a session at something like FSCon's.
1: About how much you love Google. I don't <laughs> love Google that much actually. It's a necessary evil.
3: <laughs> mm.
0: Unlike Apple, which is a an unnecessary yeah.
1: evil. Yeah, exactly. There are different different levels in hell. Mm. There are different right. so
0: good old Dante.
1: <laughs> and you know it's not like we have much other choice than yeah, we have three companies to choose from, so <laughs> Yes, And they are they as bad, almost, all of them. So, hmm, Right. So that's our take on the All In Cars IT radio show.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. That, that's the way to go. That's the All In IT radio. Look at the highways right now. <laughs> and that was our discussion for today. Now it's time to Move on, get on with our lives, and uh, perhaps do some form of outro. Did you enjoy the discussion, guys? Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting, I think. Was it worth doing an update? We actually had a lot to talk about, even though it's a subject we've already talked about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we expanded it a little bit. Mm.
2: I think a lot is going on right now in the industry, in in this Mm. particular area, so... Needs to be talked about. Yeah, Perhaps we need to revisit in a year or something.
0: Actually,
1: yeah, we might do. You mean in four or five episodes, you mean? It's uh, <laughs>
0: <yeah. laughs> <This is> possibly <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. But we're settling down for a release rate of approximately four episodes a year. <laughs> I mean, that's once a quarter and it's... Well, it's not often, but it's regular. <laughs> yeah, regularly little... seldom but during 2014 it wasn't actually regular because it was almost 6 months between two episodes yeah
1: but then it we we had a lot of them during a short time as well so
0: or yeah yeah we yeah, did so. funny how that works we're unpredictable okay you can continue this discussion with us if you like you are welcome to send us a voicemail on the webpage please do that it would be fun to play it if, if it's... it anyone wants to yeah i if it's i mean clean and yeah, <coughs> oh, whatever. We're like drunken ones. <laughs> we might play it. No promises. No.
2: <laughs> if it's family-friendly.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to sound friendly and nice. And uh, get in touch with us. You find us on the webpage aitsc slash radio. You find us on Twitter and Identica at altinomit A-L-T-I-N-O-M-I-T You find us on Google Plus and other such places. You can find us in different podcast categories and all over the web actually. If someone wants to talk to you, especially Henrik how do they do that? They reach
2: me through Twitter at Warpfuz W-A-R-P-F-U-Z
0: Wonderful and Robin?
1: Yeah I don't use many tools anymore but you can uh, try to (laughs) tell me what you want (laughs) at uh, Twitter at uh, Robin Harming my name and um, you, that kind of stuff I will see. So I, then I will answer. But I'm not sure I will be very up, I will update it very much. That's me.
0: So, everybody, out and follow Robin. <laughs> he really Yeah, wants really.
1: It. Yeah, probably once every quarter or something. Uh, <laughs> Last time I checked, Batman followed Robin. <laughs> or is it the other way around?
2: That joke is getting old, but I will beat it until it's funny. Then you have to beat it until it's dead. I'll beat it next episode as well.
0: It will be funny, trust me. <laughs> And Henrik, while we're at it, who actually made the music for this episode?
2: (laughs) The music this time was called I-40 Interstate. And it was made by Bane Jakovic. Or Bane Jakovic, I'm not sure. But I guess Bane sounds much cooler. Bane (laughs) Jakovic. We loved it, man. Keeping with the Batman theme. Uh, it's uh, released under a Creative Commons license, CC by BY-SA 3.0. Link oh. in
0: the description or show notes. Thank you for cooperation. Good yeah, bye. and you can find it at Jamando as usual. So while we try to get back on track and, and get to where we should be in the universe, trying to figure out a, a way off the red planet. With our new entertainment system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep an eye out for the next episode where we might talk about mm, something other than cars, I think. (laughs) Alright, wave
1: goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: But first, we start off with another segment, which is one cool thing.
2: Vroom! But I guess that won't work because it's mono.
1: My cool thing is a car, or it's not really. Oh, now I'm doing that again. <clears throat> yep. Okay, yeah. starting over. There, his phone. Uh, my cool thing.
2: This <laughs> time. It's... Um... my cool thing this time is uh, the Rolls Royce OX it's called Uh, it's a concept Uh, so far I don't think so it's another
0: car Uh,
2: no it's not another car it's made by a car company but I think Rolls Royce do a lot of other stuff as well stop doing that I wanted to explain what it was (laughs) now I have to start over (laughs) hold your horses and your questions (laughs)
0: I said good day!
2: <laughs> <laughs> and good day to you, sir. Uh, once again. My cool thing <laughs> this time is the Rolls-Royce OX. So they try to make use of augmented reality to enhance the
0: to make gears. life better
2: for all the <laughs> tugboat captains around the world. Yeah, um.
0: Actually better than the last time.
2: No. <laughs> Stop questioning.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's but get
0: on to the main topic. Flurpy flurp. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just waiting for
1: it. <clears throat> so I forgot about it. <laughs> How that is possible? I don't know. But so for two trema. minutes for it's the main cool. topic as well. I start now.
0: Yeah. Sure. Great. Roughly three years ago, we had <laughs> roughly three years ago, we had a topic. <laughs> roughly th- <laughs> no. roughly th- yeah. <laughs> that was a hard sentence to do if they don't care enough about these these systems that they actually do them huh. what is it today yeah 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 exactly that, that's the way to go that's the all in IT radio look at the highways right now
2: <laughs> the augmented uh, automotive uh, affinity uh, Reality. Yeah, uh, uh, abubu. Uh,
3: uh. <laughs> right.
0: That... Thank you for your
3: contribution, <laughs> <Yeah>. Henrik. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Onwards and upwards. A lot of bloopers today. My planet needs me. Floppy, flippy floppy. My planet needs me.
1: We are unpredictable. Yeah, and you know, I blame you, Robin. Yeah, I know you do. You always blame me, even though I have nothing to do with it.
0: But in this case, it actually is your fault. No. Anyway, if you want to... (laughs) No. No. Okay. All right. Did Henrik or I get married? No. Maybe.
1: No. But did you ask me to to record an episode? No, No, because
0: you were busy.
1: No. Yes. I can do many things at the same time. (laughs) famous (laughs)
3: <laughs> famous <laughs>
1: last words <laughs> <laughs> I can for example read and talk at the same time, almost <laughs> almost oh, okay ignore me uh,
2: the music this episode was made by trello.com enter wait no, no. uh, wait for it <laughs> The music uh, this time was called I-40 Interstate.
0: We hope that you will continue to listen to us and uh, get in touch if... No, that sounds lame. Mm. We are lame. True. (laughs) All right. Wave goodbye, guys. Yeah, that works on a podcast. (laughs) If this (laughs) was
2: (laughs) a midcast, it... Would work. I've told you so many times. (laughs) Bye-bye. You fail at instructions,
0: Kenneth. (laughs) Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. (laughs) That was funny.